Welcome to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast. In this episode, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Welcome, everybody. We are back with Brant Pasalakwa, founder of Breathing Deeply, uh, talking about a new topic today, and that is eating habits and difficult behaviors. So as we go through the, the process with our clients, you know, we're going to help them in a lot of different ways with practice, with, you know, gaining awareness, lifestyles, and things like that. But there are th specific things that do tend to come up a lot you know, with clients and, and you'll learn this as you, as you move through your work. So today I thought we would maybe dive in a little bit into some of those specific hurdles that, that people have, those difficult behaviors that, you know, they need to eventually move past and, and how we can help them with that. Um, so right off the bat, something that I hear a lot about is eating in the middle of the night. So clients, you know, often waking up, maybe they can't sleep and they're hungry. It's the middle of the night. They go downstairs and, you know, and eating and snacking then. What's, uh, what's some advice for, for working with, with people who have identified that as a, as a hurdle? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the first piece of advice is to not attack that as the first thing. It, it's not important. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's kind of like, Whatever is the most glaring thing we tend to want to try to fix, but this work mm -hmm. is literally the opposite of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, if I had a new client and they said, oh, I'm waking up in the middle of the night and eating, I'd be like, don't worry about that. That's not, that's not the most important thing. And the reason is um, we have to eliminate a lot of the things that could lead up to that behavior. Um, so you might have to do a lot of work with somebody before you get them, say, eating enough during the day so that they don't have any like blood sugar issues that are happening at night, which is super common. Um, and it's why people eat late at night, not even just waking up, it's why people eat late at night all the time because they stay up long enough that their blood sugar drops and then they're hungry. So if it's very common actually to be hungry <laughs> while you're sleeping when you're very dysregulated with food. So that's my main thing. and. The, the other thing that could play in there to there greatly is just their lifestyle habits in terms of sleep hygiene. So um, for a lot of people, you know, that's so off that their sleep cycles are dysregulated and they're not kind of dropping into what somebody else might have, which is like normal hormonal and sleep patterns. So there's no way your brain's gonna say, get up and eat. But if someone's really, again, if someone's really dysregulated, you know, your mind could be in a completely different place <laughs> than the rest of your body. And it's kind of a little bit chaos. So that's what I mostly think about. Um, and I try to really get the client focused on doing their practices, regulating all the things I'm working with them on and refocusing and refocusing. Um, sometimes at the end, um, and when I say the end, I mean, you know, a long time into the work and you've seen them make a lot of progress. A lot of times the mind has habituated itself to, to something like that. So um, at the end, you might have to do a little what you might call willpower work, but it's really more 
like kind of reprogramming work where it's like, okay, now you've done all this work, you've regulated yourself, everything's going awesome. Next time you wake up this week in the middle of the night, you know, don't eat and tell me what happens because, right. you know, but that's the yeah. very last thing. That would be the very last thing. Okay. That makes sense. You talk about, you know, sleep routines and, um, you know, that that's part of the work we do. M my mind goes to television, right? Something that people often do, you know, before they go to bed, very common. Um, and, you know, for many people snacking and eating comes along with TV, not even just at night, right? So, you know, a single person who, you know, eats their meals generally alone, has the TV on while they're eating. Any thoughts around, you know, eating while watching TV? I think, you know, sometimes clients identify that for themselves. They're like, oh, I should be mindfully eating. I shouldn't be watching the television. You know, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, well, there's a few different scenarios there. Um, I think, you know, one thing to realize is that the TV and eating together have become like a uh, an addiction and, and part of addiction, right, is some really good feelings happening every time you do it. So, you know, as practitioners, you have to understand that like it's pleasant and probably a, a lot of people that are training in this method do the same thing, right? You just might not have like a weight problem. So it's it's important not to go in and be like, this is inherently bad, which is like the messaging. We don't watch TV before we get, we don't eat when we watch TV. We don't, 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 don't. It's right. not about that. It, it's because you want to get your client to a place where they say to themselves, this thing is not serving me. And so the question is why? Like, what are they trying to gain from it? Like, what is the role of eating in the TV for them? And then so what that usually sort of leads to is, you know, um, I need to like unwind and relax at night, say. And then you can begin the work of, is eating an absolute essential while you're watching TV and unwinding, relaxing? And the flip, is the TV absolutely essential, <laughs> right, right, to your eating? And it, it is a strategy to begin to separate out the behaviors. So you're not really taking anything away, you know, but you could, you could at some point use a strategy of like, maybe you try eating and reading a book. And then when you're done eating, watch TV. Or, you know, right. maybe the TV goes off at a certain time because you're working on sleep cycles, say. And, um, you know, you might want to think about not eating for the last hour of that time. So, you know, you, you, you kind of help the person see that they might be able to get what they need without the addition, you know, which it, it essentially becomes calories, right? So, you know, they're sort of entrained into this process of eating and watching TV. And I've had tons of clients that are like, you know, now that I've done it, I realize I can just watch three hours of TV at night. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't have to eat. It's just what I've been doing. So um, that might take a little while, but that can be like a big aha for people. Yeah. I, I think I've, I've had, uh, I've had surprise clients when we're, when we're working on their schedule and I'll say, well, if you watch TV at night, put that in your schedule, it's okay. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, that, that's what you're doing then just watch TV. So I think, you know, helping them gain awareness just around what's happening there is, is key. Um, so another thing that comes up, I, I hear a lot, um, is people tend to reward themselves with food 
when they've like maybe hit goals, right? So like, you know, I, I've lost some weight, I'm gonna reward myself with this particular food or, you know, I've been really good today. So at the end of the day, I'm gonna have my treat or what have you. Now, what can we, what can we say to our clients when they start to identify that that is, is something they need to work on? Yeah, well, this, you know, this brings us to like one of the fundamental sort of premises we have, which is re-gearing someone's mind, right? To feel like calmer, more content, more energized. Because what we're really trying to do there is make that become the reward system. Like feeling good is its own reward, you know? And, um, you know, if you're like somebody who like does yoga, say, and enjoy it, you know, like, you know that, right? You, that's why you do it. And that's why we kind of do everything. Um, the problem, however, is that we do get a little dopamine hit, you know, from things we perceive as rewards, um, which is why we always work within our eating day to build everything in so it's more regular. So instead of this, like, I'm gonna reward myself for being good, it's like, I eat a little bit of chocolate every day because it's one of the things I eat. And you still get, what's interesting about that is like, you still get that reward system when you do that. Your brain's super good at that. So if you every day at three have a cookie, you know, every day at three, that sugar will hit your tongue. And every day at three, your mind will go, yay, happy rainbows, you know? <laughs> and um, that'll work great. And it's, it's this, um, you know, because people have been suffering so much and struggling so much, they've gotten into this, you know, if I deprive myself of this thing, you know, that would be better. And then when I've done that long enough, I deserve something for that, you know? Um, so it, it's sort of like a combination of those two things, like reorienting the person intellectually towards what is the actual reward, which in the, the case you presented is you actually lost weight, which is what you wanted. And right. hopefully you feel better, right? You have a little more energy. You feel good about yourself. Maybe you look better, whatever it is. Um, and then also like there's plenty of room for food rewards. Um, and the last thing I'll say about it, I guess, is that um, a lot of people don't realize because uh, it's, I don't think it's obvious. All food does that, all food. It's just a matter of if you're eating a lot of foods that are sort of like very high in reward <laughs> land, like like high mm. sugar foods. Right. Um, it's sometimes hard to see it, but like every time you're hungry or wanting food and you eat anything like an apple, whatever, you know, you're going to get that reward system. So part of the yoga piece is getting people into a place where they can actually perceive that and then it won't pull them so much, you know, that that big reward, you know, when they've lost weight or, or whatever. That makes sense. You know, obviously we're, we're sort of regulating ourselves, uh, helping our clients regulate themselves, getting to that more calm and energized state. And that, that helps, you know, understand, you know, that quote unquote rewarding. Well, what about, what about your big old, bigger emotional swings? Obviously, you know, we need to you know, we're working towards that calm and energized state more regularly, but you know, what if somebody is, is, is having those a big, big emotional swings and doing some emotional eating? Um, is that something that we just go back to, you know, 
the things that we were doing to, to try to get them more calm and energized or things that we should be doing in the moment when we identify that, oh, something's happening in their lives and they're shifting, having a big emotional shift and then eating in response to that. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see. I mean, the first thing is that that would be uh, what we consider typical or normal, you know, um, whenever we're feeling, because when we say emotion, you know, it's interesting in this work because for a lot of people, those emotional states are like when they're feeling bad and they're seeking to change that. But the thing to remember is a lot of times for people with these issues, uh, we feel good <laughs> and we're seeking to sort of like match that again with another dopamine dump. So you'll see a lot of people doing it no matter what the emotional state is. So that's mm. kind of interesting. Um, the, the important thing to remember that the techniques that you would use again are these breathing and movement techniques, you know, that and, you know, constructive rest techniques that we use in the course. Um, that help people regulate themselves more easily. And I don't usually go directly at it. I might use more of those techniques, if that makes sense. Like I might, I might, you know, suggest that maybe if you can perceive that that's going on, that you use this pranayama that you're already doing, you know, at that moment, cause you might shift your state. Um, Another technique I sometimes use is uh, changing states with things other than food. So, you know, a very successful technique for a lot of people is getting in the shower mm. instead of eating at those moments. And it's simply because the system's looking for a state change and it needs to be tactile. And, you know, food is one way and hot water is another way. You know, <laughs> there's probably 500 other ways, so it could be anything, but that's like a simple example of how to do that. You know, occasionally I get a client, you know, who has a hot tub or something really useful, you know, <laughs> I'll say, get in your hot tub. They're like, it's funny, I get in my hot tub, I don't need to eat. And I think to myself, yeah. I wish I had a hot tub. <laughs> 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 that makes sense. Um, so from here, I wanted to shift gears a little bit, um, you know, still, still in the habitual, you know, difficult behavior realm, but, Something that I've done a lot of work with with clients is is vacationing, right? So we're rolling with our clients; they're they're doing well. We've made progress, and then the vacation hits, right? And everything changes for them: their surroundings, their food, etc. Obviously, what's your advice for working in that scenario? What should we be thinking about? Never go on vacation. <laughs> Check, um, right. <laughs> So this is a very challenging, I would call that like super advanced practice, right? Like very few people do this well, even people who aren't obese or, you know, this is something that is challenging for most people. Um, you know, one concept that I think is helpful is the work is really, you know, in terms of like behaviors you wish you hadn't done, um, the work is really about how easily you can hit the reset button for yourself. So, you know, for, for, for most people, it's like they go and they go on vacation and they eat poorly or they drink or whatever they're doing. And then they get back and they feel like all is lost. But the good news is most people don't go on vacation for six months. <laughs> and, you know, the five days they spent, you know, eating, you know, probably wasn't ideal for their weight loss process. 
But that doesn't mean that that's going to undo the last six months or year or two years of work. Um, so for most people, I try to like kind of take the pressure off because what I've seen is that what it leads to is them coming home and not doing the work anymore. It sort of mm -hmm. sends them into that pattern. Um, now that said, you can implement some strategies to help people while they're on vacation if they want that. And those strategies would be the same strategies except way more focus on um, regularity. So it's a funny thing, but like, you know, people who don't have kind of disordered eating still kind of eat in a regular way on vacation most of the time. It's like, you know, oh, it's time for lunch, let's get lunch. Um, people with disordered eating do things like eat, you know, five meals worth of food for breakfast and then don't eat for 10 hours and then find themselves starving and eating everything in the hotel late at night, stuff like that. So, you know, if, if you could just kind of bring it back to the general principles and not have this like super intense plan about what they're going to eat and not eat. But um, most people actually find if they do that, they come back and usually they've gained a few pounds and honestly, it's almost all salt like in water weight. Yeah. So it's like they, you know, you can eat the stuff you're not eating in your weight loss plan, like pasta with cream sauce on it for dinner while you're on vacation for a few days. It's not really going to change that much. Um, and lastly, what I'd say is the other thing just to be aware of often those foods that they're eating that maybe they haven't been eating because they've been working diligently are, are sort of trigger foods. You know, so so now it's like sparking all those places in their mind. So they are going to have to hit a reset when they get home. And the very first thing they need to do is practice. If they don't practice and get back in their body and feel the pasta with cream sauce, you know what I mean? And feel, you know, a lot of people will say this isn't something I experience like a lot, but like a lot of people that I've worked with will say, oh, you know, I'm like really bloated and I can see it and feel it. Yeah. It's good you can feel it because it's it's a motivation just to get back to with whatever you were doing. And that doesn't have yeah. to be some sort of extreme diet. Well, a lot to think about there. Uh, thank you, Brant. I think we'll leave it there for now and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a positive review, and sharing it with friends. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com.